they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speak in our own language. Reading from chapter 7, verses 51 onwards. You stubborn people, you are hidden at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's when your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors did, did not pro- persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this, with this sin and what, and with that he died. Good morning, everyone. Oh, that was such a weak good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. So at least know we're all awake. And praise God for laying this passage on my heart. My biggest doubt always, and I tell Charlie this when he asks me, is I'm always confused on what to speak on. And praise God, he gave me this direction quite a few weeks back. So let's turn to Acts chapter 1. So we'll go through Acts 1 to 7 very quickly just to see the key highlights uh, and what we can learn from this section of the the Word of God. And the title says, The Acts. And in some of your Bibles it could say, The Acts of the Apostles. Now, the Acts is a very important bridge between the Gospels and the epistles. If you don't have the Acts, you would not know what's happening in the epistles. You would not know who are these churches. Where, where did these churches spring up from? I thought Jesus was mostly speaking in, in Jerusalem and Judea. What have, where are all these churches? Where did they come from? So it brings out a good historical account of the early church. It is the first historical account of the early church. It is the only inspired work or historic work which is about the history of the early church. And um, here we can see uh, that there is a transition between uh, Judaism to Christianity in these chapters. We see a transition of where uh, the focus is only on Jews, but now it's expanding 
to the Gentiles and it's expanding to Samaria and the rest of the world and how we can see the gospel spread as well. And no longer are we under the law, but we move under the period of grace. And if you look at uh, the Acts, uh, first chapter, chapter 1, you'll see that the, ch- the verses 1 all the way to 4 and 5, a lot of it has re- resemblance to the same passage, a similar passage in Luke 24. And from this, most historians draw a conclusion that this was written by Luke, that Acts was written by Luke. So reading from Acts 1.1, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive, after his suffering, by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Here, if we, if we look at Luke, we won't turn there, but we will see a similar passage there talking about the same events and the language used is also the same. And we'll turn to, chapter, to verse 4 and this is where we want to really look at and it says, And being assembled there with them, who being assembled there with them? Jesus being assembled together with them. And when, you, when, when the word assembled is used, it's not just you know, being there and not doing anything, but he sat with them, he ate with them, he touched them, they had long conversations. And this was enough proof to each one of them that he was very much alive and he had come back after those three days. And what did he do when he was sitting there? His commandment was, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. There was a purpose for them to be there in Jerusalem. And those 40 days, he was with them in Jerusalem. And then when, before he was going, he told them, I'm going, but I don't want you guys to leave this place. You have to be here for some more time. And what was the reason? He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And this is a promise which Jesus had said multiple times that he is going to send someone once he goes away. And we will see more verses which bring that to life from John. So let's look at the next verse, verse 5, five to 8, 5 through 8. And it says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that is what was the promise to them. And they were supposed to wait there in Jerusalem to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this confused them. They had no idea what this means. They have seen water baptism, but they don't know what is this baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And they are confused. And you can see in the next verse, they say, Therefore, when they came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Because for them, the Messiah is always the Messiah King who is going to come back and rebuild the kingdom, rebuild the temple, right? And that's, that is their focus. Their focus is that. They want the kingdom to be restored. They think that he is going to come as a reigning king. And they are still confused. They don't know what this Holy Spirit means. And then he tells them, look, let's not go there at this moment. So he says in verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. He's saying that his authority and his time is yet to come. 
and it will come in his due course of time and not to really ponder on those things and verse 8 he says but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you in verse 8 and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and the ends of the earth so here you see jesus expanding on his great commission and he's talking about regions specific regions and what's wonderful here in this verse is he talks about jerusalem and in acts if you read 1 to 7 the concentration is in jerusalem and if you go between acts 8 to 12 it expands to judea and samaria and beyond 12 beyond 13 and 28 it goes to the ends of the world and that you see come alive in the rest of the chapters in acts so what what is the commandment he has given them wait in jerusalem that's the only commandment for now wait in jerusalem wait upon the time which will come and what 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 does it say you will receive the holy spirit yeah so let's go to the next uh, chapter we'll skip a few of those verses and right after he gives that command he ascends into heaven right he leaves them and he departs so he says i'm going but wait in jerusalem so chapter 2 verse 1 the day of pentecost ha- pentecost had fully come so what is this day of pentecost i'm bad with history i don't want to look this side because uh, suddenly john wogis may give me some cold stares if i do any spelling mistakes here but uh, the day of pentecost is the uh, pentecost means 50th it's the 50th day after the passover and what what happens on the pentecost is the first fruits are offered unto god the first fruits of the harvest is are offered unto god and on this very specific day when they were all gathered at one place something miraculous happened <clears throat> and the day of pentecost had fully come they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting so this is a really powerful wind it shook up that entire town it's a quite peaceful town there's no tvs or radios at that point of time so it's very peaceful and suddenly you have this huge wind focused on this one particular house one particular region and what happens is the entire town is shaken and woken up and many people come rushing and stand around that house <clears throat> then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire and one sat upon each of them so this is it, it's pretty dramatic you can physically see some flames of fire on top of each one of the apostles and each one of them were then filled with the holy spirit and they were all filled with the holy spirit was four and when this had happened outside there were people already gathered there were already people standing there now before we go any further i just want to take a step back to see what is the holy spirit who is the holy spirit i think there's a lot of confusion and people have incorrect uh, assumptions or or interpretations some people call it call the call the holy spirit a force or uh, you know um similar to the force be with you i don't know what they're trying but they call it an energy but i don't think it's any of that because you don't see any verses which allude to the fact that it is very mysterious it's very direct and very very simple let's let's look at john 
14:26 and as we move away from acts just i may request your help to read a few verses john 14:26 but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that i have said now i told you remember that jesus in in the gospels kept telling them that i will send you a helper i will send you a counselor when i go away i will send someone who will who will be there with you and these are those verses and then if you see here in this in the first part it says helper the helper i don't think any of your versions will say a helper it's not vague it's very specific i will send you the helper and he says he will teach you he will teach you it's very specific it's a person it's a person we look at another verse john 15:26 but when the helper comes john 15:26 when the helper comes whom i shall send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will testify of me again it's it's a completely different verse and here also it says he will testify of me if anyone has the amplified version can you read this verse for me please 1526 okay so the amplified version expands on the word helper and it says comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener strengthener stand by and all these are defining a person it is not defining a force it is not not defining something which is like a force of nature or an energy or a thought or ideology it is a person it is a person yeah let's look at another aspect of the holy spirit and then you see here in first corinthians 2 10 to 12 all these things first corinthians 2 10 to 12 these things god has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything even the depths of god for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him so also no one comprehends the thoughts of god except the spirit of god now we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we might understand the things freely given to us by god do you understand what is the other aspect of the spirit he is god the spirit of god and the spirit is from god so this is very clear that this is not some second in command he is not the general of the angels oh you may think oh angels are a spiritual beings okay the chief of them is the holy ghost it's a separate section separate department no we look another verse which will give it little more clarity john 14:16 john 14:16 and i pray the father that he may give you another helper another some of your versions may say another counselor and that he may abide with you forever does any version have any other word for another i doubt it will another any other word for the word another no no another helper before advocate what is the word before advocate no 
Okay. The word another, if you look at the Greek word for another, it means of same likeness, same essence, the exact same. It is not second in command, it is not slightly inferior to, but they are exactly the same. That was what the word another means. That is what is mentioned here. Your, your versions may have another helper, another counselor, but that word another is the base there. And the word another clearly shows that Jesus is not going to replace anyone who is inferior to him, but is who, someone who is on par with him. And that is the Holy Spirit. Now when does this happen? If you look at the when, in John 16, 17, for the apostles, it was when the Father went away, the, the, when Lord Jesus went away, he sent the Holy Spirit. About maybe five to ten days, approximately ten days later. Right? He sent the Holy Spirit ten days later. Right, In ten days they were waiting for a Holy Spirit. So that we have already seen in John 16, 7, where he says, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Right? We have already seen that. What is, when does it apply for us? Let's look at John 14, 17. John 14, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. So the world has not seen Christ, does not understand Christ. So he cannot, they cannot feel or understand the spirit. But, but you know him. Each one of us know Christ, right? For you have, I have put an expansion there which says, For you have received Christ and he dwells in you and he will be with you. It is because we have received Christ and at that particular moment we have received Christ that the Holy Spirit fills us. And that is the moment that we have the Holy Spirit with us. There is no 10 day waiting period, there is no 5 day waiting period. And that is why many of us who have truly experienced Christ have an overwhelming sensation and a filling of the Holy Spirit. And this is true of every believer. There is no exception to this. And there is no exception that you get 50% only of the Holy Spirit or 75%. You get the Holy Spirit and He fills you. And that is an experience every believer will have. Right? Is there an end date to this, to the, to the Holy Spirit being with you? Is it possibly when you backslide and you are in your worst of days, far away from God, even though you are a believer, does the Holy Spirit depart from you? <clears throat> John fourteen sixteen, the previous verse to what you just saw. I will pray the Father. I will pray the Father and He will give you another counselor to be with you. Louder please. Forever. To be with you forever. Brothers and sisters, there is no end date. The Holy Spirit will not depart from you. That song really doesn't hold good to us. It hold, holds good for David who wrote it. It really doesn't hold good to us. Yes, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes, because of our actions, we can subdue the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will not depart from us. He is always with us. And it is up to us to utilize that power which is given to us. So I've just given the few key points there and the verses there if it will help. And the next, where? Where, is, where, does he, where does he abide with us? Is he by our side? Does he come once in a while? Does he take a break? In John 14, 17, the last part, we already saw that verse, but the last part is very clear. For he dwells with you 
and will be in you. It's very specific. The Holy Spirit is in us. He is very much in us. And we'll see more verses which bring to us that fact. Okay, let's get back to Acts 2. We'll just look at what's happening in Acts 2 again. In verse 4. Acts 2 verse 4. So now we're clear on what is the Holy Spirit. We'll probably leave that there so that they can, we can understand who the Holy Spirit is. In Acts 2 verse 4. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began with began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance, that is in clear language. So imagine I'm a South Indian. I look clearly like a South Indian. And if I start speaking in, I don't know, Naga, Mizo, Kashmiri, Urdu, and you see a bunch of people who look at me, I'm sure they'll all be amazed, right? And this is exactly what was happening. All these guys who were there, all the apostles, 12 of them were Galileans. And they could, everyone could know that they are from Galilee. But all those who came there, we won't go into those verses, but there were many Jews from various parts of the region who came in. And they were amazed to hear them talking their regional languages. And that is because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Their mission and ministry was beginning. And then when this happened, they were all shocked. In verse 12, it says, They were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocked, They are full of wine. So they, they mock them saying that they are full of wine. That's, that's why they are blabbering. And then so long up to now, we know Peter as this guy who denied Christ, right? Who ran away, who mocked and cursed anyone who said that you followed Christ. And he used explicitives to tell them, no, no, I, 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 I never knew the man. Right? He was a fisherman, he was a crude man. And he used like coarse language to tell them, no, no, I never knew him. And he ran away from there. And this man, Peter, suddenly steps up, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the leaven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. So he is going to give a huge sermon now. This man who is a fisherman, who doesn't know much about church, uh, about the history or the or the, or, or the word of God, or Torah, or anything, he suddenly starts quoting from Joel 2. And verse 15 to 22, we won't really go there, but uh, verse 15 to 22, he is talking about, about, about things which le- really learned people would know. And people there were all shocked. And then if we go down to verse 38, sorry, we'll go to verse 40. In verse 40, 40 it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls. On that one day, 3,000 souls were added because of this one fisherman who gave a wonderful sermon. If we go back to the previous two verses, we will see how this happened. In verse 38, verse 38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the apostles are talking the language of the Holy Spirit. They have understood that if you believe in Jesus, you will receive 
the Holy Spirit. And they also are completely now empowered to share the gospel. And as we go through the Acts, you'll see multiple places and regions where they perform more and more miracles. More and more are added and everything is accounted to the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.47 Acts 2.47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So more and more, more were being saved. In Acts 3, Peter and John, they, they are going in and uh, they see this beggar and the beggar asks them, asks them for some money. And what do they do? They say, silver and gold have I none to give you. But they pick him up and raise him up. And this, this guy goes berserk. He, goes, he becomes so happy, he's clinging on to them. He's hugging them. And when the congregation and people see it, they all come rushing in because they know this guy. They know this beggar has been sit, seated there uh, as a cripple for years, for almost for many decades. And then when they see him jumping up and down, they're also wondering, how did this happen? And then crowds gather there. And because the crowds gather there, what happens? They are filled with the Holy Spirit and they share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we'll go ahead and see what happens in Acts chapter 4. And in Acts chapter 4, as they were sharing the gospel to the congregation which had gathered there, something poked the... So in, in the earlier chapter in 3, you only saw people, who, the Jews there and 3,000 people came to believe in Christ, right? There were no real authorities there. And we know Peter to be a guy who could run away from situations, Right? And then now Peter and John are now suddenly being arrested. Now, chapter 4, Acts 4, verse 1. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Now it's getting serious. So earlier it was only the Jews and the, you know, the localites. But now some authorities have, have dawned upon them. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached Jesus, the resurrection from the dead, they laid their hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard and believed, the number of men came to be 5,000. And it's growing. So people who are following Jesus are growing. And the power of the Holy Spirit is really evident over there. And then when, when they are questioned, when they are questioned by them, why, by what power are you do this? Why are you doing this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 8, says, He said to them, Rulers and people and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to this helpless man, by what means he has, done, he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. And you see Peter now, he is even more bold. He is not running away. He is not giving a defense to save himself. But he is telling them that the Jesus who you put to death, it is through him that he has been made whole. And he is challenging them and telling them what you had done was a grave big mistake. And that is the boldness with which the apostles went forward. And then after that, we won't go through the whole story, but because all the, all the people, that the, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees saw 
that truly this man is walking and truly that these guys who are fishermen are able to speak with such boldness and such clarity they are amazed and shocked and they do not know what to do and they see a crowd following them so all the best that they could do is warn them all they said is okay we're going to let you go but don't speak of this again and they're like not happening we will we will continue to speak of this we will continue to preach jesus and we will continue to spread the word of god yet they let them go and then when they go back they pray for boldness <clears throat> in verse in verse 29 acts 4:29 now lord now lord look on that threats and grant your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word so they are they are praying that they get even more bolder that they can go out and speak even more about lord jesus and then in verse 31 they said when they had prayed and the place where they had assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of god with boldness so brothers and sisters this is the power of the holy spirit when you ask for the holy spirit to fill you with the power it will fill you with the power which you need and we will look at more what are the acts of the holy spirit how how does the holy spirit really act in our lives so let's go away from acts for a moment and look at a few verses and the first one which we've already seen here is the first main act which even this morning johnny johnny led us to is it convicts us of our sins we look at uh, john 16:8 John 16:8 says and when he has come actually can someone read John John 16 verse 7 for me please John 16 verse 7 so he is we already read this verse right he is sending a counselor to each one of us right and what is that for what is the counselor going to do and that's the next verse which is which says and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment the holy spirit points to each one of us present here and says we are sinners and that we need a savior that is the work of the holy spirit if we are dead in our sins how can we ever realize that we need a savior how can we ever know that we need a savior it is the holy spirit who may, gives us this realization who tells us that you need to be saved that you need that you have sins in your life and you we, he will convict of convict us of our sins and draw us to the point of repentance so this is the first work of the holy spirit and each one of us who are believers here i am sure have experienced this and continuously do experience this we have something in us which keeps gnawing at us and telling us what you're doing is wrong and that is the holy spirit convicting us your friends who are there outside in the corporate world who do not have 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 the this experience may have a conscience which will tell them about certain rights and wrongs but it is only the holy spirit which will tell us and convict us of all these sins which we are committing day in and day out and it is up to us to listen to that and to heed to that let's look at the second a few more verses ephesians 2:1 ephesians 2:1 says and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins verse 
but god who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with christ by the grace by this grace you have been saved so here jesus says that even unless you are born again unless you have a new life you will not be able to see the kingdom of god that's in john 3 3:3 it says unless you are born again you will not be able to see the kingdom of god now this confused many people at that time what do you mean born again how can we be born again i'm already born i've already um it's impossible for me to be born again this is this is a concept which even people will not be able to understand but this is a this is not talking about a physical being born again but a supernatural act and this again praise god for the leading this morning and johnny led us to this exact same passage and that's in titus 3:5 let's turn to titus 3:5 <clears throat> in titus 3:5 it says not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy spirit and this is what in some some of your some of your versions it could be the new birth or new life through the holy spirit the holy spirit gives us a new life within us the old person is dead the old person who is who is easily succumbed to sins is dead and now he has given us a new life a new being and that is what the holy spirit does and i am sure each one of us also will would have experienced this that we have a new spirit within us a new being within each one of us and third is if we can look at first corinthians 3:16 first corinthians 3:16 says do you not know that you are the temple of god and the spirit of god dwells in you the spirit of god dwells in each one of us so he convicts us of our sin he gives us a new life and he dwells in each one of us i am sure each one of us who are believers here will agree to this fact of these three things these things are very very these three are very basic in the life of a believer who has come to the point of realization that christ is our savior in also in in romans 8:16 it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god so why does the spirit indwell in us what is one of the main reasons why it does dwell in us and the amplified version says the spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit assuring us that we are believers the holy spirit is assuring us you know when we go through those difficult times and we may think what am i doing why am i sliding away from god am i truly a believer if any of you have those thoughts it is the holy spirit which will convict you and tell you you are truly a believer the fact that that is churning in your mind itself is a work of the holy spirit right so i'm sure each one of us are here at this point convicts us of our sin gives us new life and you know the holy spirit dwells in you now what we battle with i think according to me is many of us in this church including me battle with the next three points let's look at acts 18 if someone can read acts 18 for me
come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here we see that the Holy Spirit empowers us. I think many of us don't uh, will agree to the first three points but the fourth point we're like hmm, not me I don't think the Holy Spirit really empowers me you know those guys those guys are blessed they, they, they have a special power a special anointing of the Holy Spirit I don't want to sound all Pentecostal here but but that's wrong this power has been given to each one of us the power to serve Christ is given to each one of us the power to preach the gospel to ends of the earth is given to each one of us. There are so many things God has given us through the Holy Spirit. Power to serve Him. Not just, not just preach the gospel, but even various gifts which He has given us is through the Holy Spirit which we should use for His glory. And which many of us don't. We shy, shy away from responsibilities. We shy away from using the talents God has given us. The gifts God has given us. You should know your own spiritual gifts. If you don't, seek it and use those to glorify God. If not, we are not doing justice to the Holy Spirit. We are grieving the Holy Spirit. In Mark 13, 11, it says that if, when, but when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given to you in that hour, speak of that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. We may think that I am scared to serve Christ in this area. I am scared to serve Christ in that area. I don't think I can do it. Here it goes to the extent of saying that if you are arrested, if you are put under trial, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit will lead you during that situation are we bold enough to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives allow the Holy Spirit to work in each one of our lives so that we can be useful for his kingdom or are we putting the Holy Spirit in the back door locking him up and saying not me there are others who are doing all of that they are good at it let them do it I am fine where I am so this is one area where we are failing power to serve Christ we do not allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives we look at the next section actually one more verse sorry regarding power to save in 1 Corinthians 12 7 the NLT version says a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other and this is what I said, are we utilizing those gifts? Yeah. So let's look at the next section. Again, something which we are failing in. Galatians 5.16 Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You will not fulfill the lust of your flesh if you walk in the spirit. Brothers and sisters, our lives are filled with the Holy Spirit. God is in each one of us through the Holy Spirit. How can we then persist in sin? How can we then persist in repeated sin? And many of us may think, no, you know, I am very weak. No, it's a weakness. I am struggling with this. It's very, very difficult. I don't know why I keep repeating this sin. 
and you may be battling this with yourself you may be battling this with someone who you are holding yourself accountable to but i think here clearly as it says it says walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of your heart and each of your versions could have something different to that but it all turns back to if we depend on the spirit we can push away from those temptations in first peter 1 and 2 if someone could read that for me please first peter chapter 1 verse 2 the spirit has made each one of us holy it builds us up and because of this we have been cleansed by the holy holy blood of jesus christ and because of this we should continue to obey him we should continue to obey him because we are now his children we are we have the spirit of god in each one of us let's look at romans 8:26 romans 8:26 so many of us may think i'm struggling with this how do i battle this how do i do it romans 8:26 so he says as you can see it says the spirit helps us in our weaknesses the spirit will help us in our weaknesses and we should pray for for these things and even if we don't know how to pray you can even ask the spirit to pray and give guidance on how do we battle this in our own minds if we don't make those steps forward and kneel down and pray for these matters we will never get out of that rut if you were truly want to get out of these temptations you need to really pray and ask for god to help you in those situations we have few more verses and this is again one which we rarely go to which is what is the spirit's main duty and which the spirit will gladly do for you romans 13 romans 15:13 romans 15:13 says now may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the holy spirit that you will abound in hope in the power of the holy spirit now if you look at it this room should have the happiest minds in bangalore technically speaking each one of us should be the happiest people around one we are saved we are secure for eternity we know that for sure we have the holy spirit to guide us to to give us the power we need and the holy spirit is our counselor but do we really use him as our counselor do we really go to him for counsel for comfort Ephesians 3:16 he will grant you according to his riches of his glory and then all the all the prosperity gospel guys will stop there he will grant you according to riches of his glory the verse goes on to this to say to be strengthened with might 
through his spirit in the inner man how many of us seek strength of the of the inner spirit of the inner man who lo- how many of us lack confidence in our own abilities in our own christian walk we can find that in our inner man and he will grant us that strength if we allow him to but many of us don't 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 go there right we like to we like to how do you say it wallow in our own sorrows we like to i use this term sometimes sati savitri oh you know i am in such a bad state <clears throat> how long yes we go through difficulties yes we will go through ups and downs but are we really trying to pull ourselves out of it are we looking to god to really pull us out of that second timothy 17 god has not given us a spirit of fear but the spirit of power of and of love and of a sound mind and of a sound mind we don't have a spirit of fear we should not have a spirit of fear because we have the holy spirit in us to guide us and to give us that strength if we can only tap into that wisdom for decision making ephesians 117 for the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him many of us keep asking what is the will of god in my life what is the will of god in my life what is the will of god in my life there are no experts out there who know the will of god better than you you want to know the will of god in your own life turn to the word of god get on your knees and pray and the spirit will open and enlighten you the spirit will enlighten you i'm not saying don't go and look for counsel but it's not always that you will get it in others you can seek it from within you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him finally we already read it in john 14 16 it's it refers to to the spirit as a counselor so god wants us to get rid of all these anxieties and issues that we have in our own mind confusions that we have in our own mind he wants to have clarity of thought and to really understand him more and more and how can we do that by turning to the word of god we have to make an effort to read the word of god to understand what it, what it means for each one of us understand what the spirit is trying to tell us and not block those things out so quick recap it convicts us, the holy spirit convicts us of our sins gives us new life indwells in us and then the three which we really need to work on i feel even i need to work on is the power to serve christ the power to overcome temptations and to allow him to truly be our counselor yeah so we are running short of time um in acts 5 1 to 5 acts 5 1 to 5 we already know that story of ananias and sapphira and how ananias keeps away some proceeds for himself and the key verse there is verse 3 but peter said ananias why has satan filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit why do you lie to the holy spirit and also in verse 4 towards the end you have lied not to men but to god 
So this speaks of false or fake spirituality, hypocrisy. Is that there in our lives? Do we have such fake uh, spirituality in our lives? We can fool men easily. We can fool each other easily. But are we getting away from fooling the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. And you know what happened to them in the end. They fell down and they died. And then in Acts 6, we see Stephen. And Danny already read that portion on how Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was preaching. And when he was doing that, they caught him and they told him, they told him that they, they bear, bear false witness on him and they said that uh, this man is speaking blasphemous things. He wants to, that, that Jesus is going to tear down this, this temple. Right? And that is very, very holy to them. Right? Very, very important to them. So, they push him to the corner and ask him, did you really tell these things? And you can go back, go back home and read it. And in Acts 7, he gives a huge sermon. He literally tells them that you guys, your ancestors have constantly been against God. You constantly went against God, went, went against his prophets. You killed his prophets. And now you are talking about this temple. This temple is just a building. And God doesn't need a building. And he even quotes from Isaiah 66 and very fluently saying that God doesn't need a building. And then he rants directly at them in verse 51, You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And imagine calling a Jew uncircumcised. He will go mad. And they did go mad. Right? And he kept telling them that you killed the just one. You persecuted and then they rushed at him and they killed him. And we read, when what Danny read, you would have heard that when they were going, even before they rushed at him, he looked up and he could see the heavens open up and he knew his time was up. And he was so glad to see God the Father and Jesus by his right hand. And that was all due to the power of the Holy Spirit. So brothers and sisters, are we going to be like Ananias and Sapphira? Are we going to be like those who do not utilize the power of the Holy Spirit or can we be like Stephen? Can we be empower, Can we em, allow the Holy Spirit to empower each one of our lives? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us? I'll just take two, three more minutes and we have just three points to call to action. How can we do this? How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? How is it possible? And you know there's that verse which says, in Ephesians, 1, uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm not going to get into the part of why we should not be drunk with wine, but why we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what they're trying to say is, if when, when you, I'm sure you, you would have seen people who are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit controls them, right? They have no idea what's happening. And the next day they say, not me, it was McDonald's, McDowell's or whatever, right? They blame it on the liquor, right? They don't blame it on themselves. And that is what that verse alludes to. Can we be filled with the Holy Spirit so much that the Spirit, Holy Spirit controls our lives, every action and everything that we do? And how can we do that? 
in second corinthians 13:14 second corinthians 13:14 the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all amen and this is paul to the corinthians and he prays that the holy spirit will be in communion with them and this is something we can pray for pray for one another pray for yourself that the holy spirit will be in constant communion with you and be active in you the next one is in first thessalonians 5:19 to 22 first thessalonians 5:19 to 22 do not quench the holy spirit do not quench the holy spirit this means do not subdue do not suppress do not smother and do not reduce to silence that's what it means do not quench the holy spirit do not despise prophecies test all things hold fast what is good abstain from every form of evil so when you hear that inner voice trying to tell you to do something good listen to it you hear that inner voice trying to say go seek advice go seek advice whatever is good you hear in your inner self inner man adhere to that don't adhere to the old man <clears throat> finally you can test the spirit how can we test the spirit again johnny read that voice which is verse which is in galatians 5:22 to 23 the fruit of the spirit is you know the rest of it right so test it do you really see these fruits in your lives every fruit is important you cannot say i will take the first five i am not interested i am not a big apple or pineapple fan i will not go that side but these fruits i think i'm good five out of seven i'm good every fruit is important if that is not there in your life then there is a question that you are grieving the holy spirit or subduing the holy spirit so let us pray for one another pray for ourselves and really allow the holy spirit to work in each one of our lives and i hope these verses will help you to really understand who is the holy spirit how he works in each one of our lives and how we can really ask the holy spirit to work in each one of our lives so that we can be more useful for our lord jesus christ to serve him and also to stay away from those temptations shall we look to the lord in prayer <clears throat> gracious lord and heavenly father we thank you lord for this time we thank you for your word which is so true and prevalent even in this day and age lord we thank you lord for allowing each one of us lord to be filled with the holy spirit we thank you lord that we are your children we are your blood bought children and you love us so dearly that you indwell in us lord we thank you lord that you will convict us of our sins that you will remind us of how holy you are and how we should pursue holiness we pray and thank you lord that you will also be our counselor that you will counsel us in every step of the way that we will not have unnecessary anxieties or or worries or troubles or fears because you empower us you strengthen us from within and pray lord that we can utilize that oh lord and tap into that we pray lord that you will you will reveal yourself to us in a true and living way oh lord and pray lord that we will truly pray that you will empower us oh lord and make us more useful we thank you lord for this time we thank you lord for this church and we pray lord for the meetings to come as well lord we thank you lord for all this 
Yes, follow the sin and true name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.